Grace be to you in peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll turn attention again to our first lesson, Genesis chapter 11, selected verses. As people traveled in the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they settled there. They said to one another, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used mud brick instead of stone for building material, and they used tar for mortar. They said, Come, let's build a city for ourselves, and a tower whose top reaches to the sky, and let's make a name for ourselves, so that we will not be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building. The Lord said, If this is the first thing they are doing as one people who have one language, then nothing they intend to do will be too difficult for them. Come, let's go down there and confuse their language so that they cannot understand one another's speech. We pray. Lord, may the words of my heart, my mouth, and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Guten Morgen. Ohio. Buenos dias. Bonjour. All kinds of languages in the world, all kinds of families of languages. And in, within those families of languages, all kinds of different dialects. But it wasn't always that way, was it? In the beginning, there was just one language. Language spoken by Adam and Eve and all of their descendants for thousands of years. That one language carried through the flood by Noah and his family and passed on up until the time of the Tower of Babel. What a blessing to have just one language, to be able to communicate clearly with anyone and everyone you meet. What a blessing to be able to use that one language to communicate what God had said. His holy will, his law. What had happened in the Garden of Eden, and then most importantly, communicate that wonderful promise that God gave that he would send the world a savior. How easy it must have been for those people with that one common language to accomplish any task that they wanted to accomplish. But since the fall of Adam and Eve, the Bible reminds us that the inclination of man's heart, our hearts too, is only evil all the time. We always seem to find ways to take something that God intends to be a wonderful blessing and to misuse it and abuse it. From the time of Adam and Eve to the flood, the people had the opportunity to use that common language to share with each other the good news of God, his will, his love, his promise of a savior. But that's not what we hear they did. Instead, the Bible tells us that with that common language, they plotted together against each other, against God. And the world was filled with evil and violence. So God finally decided that he would put an end to it, wipe out every living thing on the face of the earth except Noah and his family and the animals that were with him on the ark. Now you'd think that Noah's descendants would have learned something from that experience as they passed it on with that common language down the generations. You would think that they would have learned the lesson of the flood. God is a just God. He will not put up forever with those who rebel against him and do evil to their neighbor. He will bring judgment, 
but he's also a God of incredible love, who in spite of sin, in spite of the fact that Noah was still sinful, he preserved a remnant of the people so that his promise of a Savior would still be fulfilled. But again, that's not what we hear them doing. They made use of the common language to unite themselves against God. God had told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and fill up the earth. These descendants of Adam and Eve and then of Noah and his family said, no, we're not going to do that. God wants us to fill up the whole earth, but we don't want to. We want to stay together. We want to be united. And so they went out to look for a place that would be suitable, large enough for people to continue to gather around a common place and stay united. They decided to build that tower to the sky so that no matter how far they spread out in that area, probably someplace in Iraq, that they would be able to see that tower and be reminded that they were united with each other. They were in rebellion against God. They said, let us make a name for ourselves. Let's do it our way. We don't want to do it God's way. You see the connection to our present day? All of us still have that sinful nature that's always bent in on itself, that's always bent toward evil all the time. There have been many towers of Babel built since that first tower, at least figuratively, built in the human heart, built in that rebellion against God and that pride that says, I'm going to do it my way and not God's way. An example from what we hear in the news every day, you think of the, the trance movement. God tells us that he knits us together in our mother's womb and he's the one that makes us male or female. But the trans woman says, no God, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to live as a gender opposite of the one that you created me. It's important for us to see what these things are that we hear in the news. It's rebellion against God and his will. But we don't want to judge ourselves better than others because we all still have that sinful, rebellious nature in us. We all still have a tower of Babel that wants to rise in our own hearts. Each of us has an area in our lives where we want to dig in our heels and say to God, yeah, I know what you say, God, but I don't want to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to listen to you. Maybe we have that Tower of Babel that says, I just really can't grasp some of these doctrines of the Scripture. Creation, virgin birth, Trinity, resurrection of Jesus, real presence in the Lord's Supper. So we want to argue with God and say to God, I don't get what you say in your word and I can't understand it, therefore I'll follow my own understanding instead of accepting what you tell me in your word. Or maybe it's our relationship with others. Maybe we want to argue with God and tell him, no, that commandment, sixth commandment, that one doesn't apply anymore. It's old, it's outdated. I'm not going to follow it. I'm going to do things my own way. 
Or maybe it's God's command to love even our enemies. And we say, God, if I do that, they'll just take advantage of me. Or if I always tell the truth in my dealings with others, how will I ever get a good deal? How will I ever get ahead? Still today, mankind wants to build a tower. He wants to make a name for himself. Humans want to say, look at me, everyone. Look what I can do. I'm going to do it my way. Never forget that each and every one of us has that attitude, that prideful attitude, that self-centered attitude living in us by nature. It can show itself in many different ways. A nature that says everything is all about me. Glory comes to myself. The glory that belongs to God I want as my own. We tend to look down our noses at those people that built the Tower of Babel and think that we're better, but we're really not. Again, we're the same. We have that same sinful nature, that same sinful pride, that same natural rebellion against God. God watched that monument to humans being built. He looked down. He saw the pride. He saw the self-centeredness that was in their hearts. He must have been very saddened. If we were God, we might have said, all right, they had their chance. In fact, I gave them a big, obvious example in the flood, and they don't seem to have learned anything from it. If we were God, we might have just called down fire and brimstone and said, you're all done. It would have been pretty easy. They're all living in the same place. But that's not our God. Our God is the Lord. Our God is Jehovah, Yahweh, the God of free and faithful grace. He is the one who remains faithful to his promises no matter what. He is the one who loves the unlovable. He knew that if he would allow people to continue to be able to communicate with that one language, then they would use it and misuse it in a way that would be always in rebellion against God. Any evil plan would not be too difficult for them. So he found a way to humble them. And he found a way to do it in love without destroying them, on one hand, and without canceling his promise to send a savior on the other. Instead of destroying them, he confused their languages. Now they were unable to communicate with each other and that lack of communication brought to an end their pride, their desire to build a monument for themselves, caused them to scatter over the face of the earth, which was what he originally wanted. You know how frustrating it can be if you've ever had to try and have a conversation with someone that doesn't speak your language. You're trying to tell them something, you might be using picture language and everything you can think of, and they just have that blank stare. They don't, they don't understand what you're saying. Or maybe you've been on the flip side. You're trying to talk with someone, they're trying to tell you something that you can tell is really important to them. They want you to know it. You can tell from their body language, but really don't understand a word they're saying. God used the confusion of languages 
to frustrate the rebellion of man at, Be at Babel, and he continues to do that still today. There can be some groups of people on the face of the earth who get themselves together and plot some evil thing, but now that they're all different languages and people spread all over the face of the earth, there will always be some who aren't included, who remain faithful to God and don't join in their prideful, evil plans. Unfortunately, though, confusion of languages also makes it difficult to share the word of God with everyone. There are those who we want to share God's word with, but if we want to do it, we've got to spend a lot of time trying to learn their language, and then we might not be able to communicate with them as well as we'd like, even if we've studied it. The Bible has to be translated so that other people can read and learn God's word. That idea is really coming out of the Protestant Reformation. Luther and other reformers insisted that God's word, the Bible, be translated into the language of the people so that everyone could read it in their own tongue, just like they heard the people on Pentecost speaking in their own language. And on one day in the history of the world, 50 days after Passover, Easter, 10 days after the ascension of Jesus into heaven, Jesus kept his promise and he sent the Holy Spirit to his disciples and that Holy Spirit enabled them to speak to anybody who was in front of them in that person's native language. They used that gift in a proper way. All these people from all over the world had come to celebrate the Old Testament festival of Pentecost at the temple of God. And the disciples used this gift of speaking in other languages to share God's word. They didn't misuse it. They didn't stand up and say, hey, look at this neat thing I can do. I can speak in any language I want to. They didn't call attention to themselves. They pointed to Jesus. We heard how Peter did it. He told the people in their own language, God kept his promise. He sent the Savior, the Messiah, just as he said he would, and you crucified him. That you, that finger of the law, points at all of us, you and me too, right? You crucified the Savior that God sent. He was nailed to the cross because of your sins, because of my sins. When the people's hearts are crushed, when our hearts are crushed, then we hear Peter and the disciples bringing the best news ever. You crucified him, but God raised him from the dead as prince and savior. Because he is risen from the dead, you can know that your sins are forgiven. He called on the people to repent and to be baptized. He promised them, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Holy Spirit, working through the word, was victorious again and again. Thousands, three thousand people came to trust in Jesus as their Savior through the Holy Spirit working in the words that were preached. God has not continued to repeat his miracle of Pentecost. He doesn't normally give people the automatic ability to speak in whatever language they need to to talk to someone about Jesus. He doesn't 
implant a universal translator into our brains. But there were people on that day of Pentecost who were from all those different nations that we heard earlier. What'd they do? They went back home. They went back to their native country. They talked to their family, to their friends, to their neighbors in their own native language and told them what they had heard. Told them that God had sent the Messiah, that he had been crucified, he died, and he was raised again. He is the promised Messiah. Their sins are forgiven. There's a gift of baptism through which the Holy Spirit works. Through the word, the Holy Spirit was victorious again and again and again as more and more people were added to the faith through the proclamation of the gospel. You and I may never become proficient in speaking a language that we didn't grow up with, but God's miraculous intervention at the Tower of Babel and then again at Pentecost makes one thing clear. If we speak the language of pride, no matter what our language, no matter what our background, we call down God's judgment on us because we're taking the glory that belongs to him away from him, trying to claim it for ourselves. That's what the people were doing at Babel. So let God humble you every day through his law. As he points out your sin, as he points out your pride, as he points out the, the natural tendency you have to take his glory to yourself. And then every day, hear in your own language, from God's word, what God has done. In spite of your sins, in spite of the sinfulness of the world, in spite of what we deserve, he gave us what we don't deserve. He gave us his one and only son who paid for every one of our sins. He is the one and only Savior. Anyone who calls on his name is saved. And then share that good news with people who speak your language, with your friends, your family, your neighbors. As you do, you will see the Holy Spirit being victorious through the word as more and more people are brought to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Amen. Please stand.